five, four, three, two, one. Now you listen to True Way Gaming Podcast, hosted by One Way Soldier. Now available on most platforms, helping you game with a better understanding. The boys. <laughs> hey, God bless you guys. Thank you, thank you. Come on, guys. It's only been a week. Oh, man, getting me amped up now. Getting me amped up. <laughs> Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chiway Gaming. I'm your host, One Way Soldier, or you can call me Carl. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And here on Chiway Gaming... <laughs> Alright, you guys are fun. So here on Chiway Gaming, we answer your gaming-related questions and talk about gaming-related topics here on the show. And today's topic that we'll be talking about is... It's about EA, you know, EA, they're, they're having an EA play that's coming up and part of E3. I mean, it's kind of funny, they plan their event the month after E3, but it's supposed to be their E3 event called EA Play, and that is scheduled to be happening in July 22nd, 2021, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Today's topic, or rather, the reasoning, or, or what we're going to be discussing or talk about, EA for EA plays, you know, there's a lot of rumors floating around. Actually, there's this one particular particular rumor that's really buzzing in the internet, which is, uh, you know, EA, them being EA, you know, they like to uh, disappoint, you know? Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Every year, you know, the recent years, EA, they have mainly focused on producing, or rather releasing, um, heavy, heavy microtransaction, heavy monetized games, such as FIFA, FIFA Ultimate Team, where you buy card packs, Madden, you you buy, I, I think card packs as well, to buy new players to build a team. You know, just just very every, every year is the same thing between NBA, Madden, FIFA, uh, major sellers. I mean, actually this year Battlefield is making a return, which is awesome because I think we haven't had a Battlefield in two years. The last Battlefield that we had, I think, was 2018, late 2018, uh, Battlefield Five, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that we're having Battlefield Return. Uh, but, but yeah, and also just Need for Speed. Really, it's just those genres of sports titles, Need for Speed, and, yeah, like Battlefield and, uh, oh, Star Wars. There you go, Star Wars, which, you know, Star Wars fans aren't pleased about that. But, so, this topic was brought, brought up, so to speak, or it had me thinking. EA, once upon a time, they they did have an outstanding... They were, in my opinion, an outstanding company. You know, they they had a lot of great IPs, a lot of games that they not only published but developed. And you know, it's it's like today they totally just jump shipped. They jump shipped, and I can understand. Like back then, well, no, well back then, I, I feel like EA. I know there was under different leaderships back then and stuff, but they weren't afraid to necessarily take risk. They they were literally a company where they were happy and, and proud of I mean they're still proud unfortunately, but you know well in, in a good way they were proud to take risk and invest in different IPs and different kind of genres. But now, because of the higher ups back you know, in EA currently, they are strictly focused on okay, monetization. You know, how can we milk a franchise and make more money out of it? And etc. So today's topic, I'm gonna call this title of the episode EA's best IPs, or best EA IPs, and of course, this is subjective, this is my opinion, you know, I have a list of here, of games that I want to sort of go through, that were not only just published by EA, but also developed and published, that when in my younger, or I should say early 2000s, so to speak, I loved EA, I really loved the company back then, and unfortunately, today I can't really say the same. But now, before I get to this list, you know, the one rumor that is floating around, like I mentioned, um, heavy on the internet, is that an EA Play, they're going to announce a Death Space remake. Now, like I mentioned, EA, they don't like to, you know, give us what we want, you know. (laughs) Yes. And, um... 
Yeah, you know they they, they don't like uh, pleasing the audience. You know it's 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 one big joke. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So but but I I think you know that could happen. In my opinion, I mean, if they remade the game. It, it's. I think it would be dope. I love the Death Space series. Death Space to me is an outstanding sci-fi, uh, third-person um, horror shooter. Very outstanding. The thing is, that the creator is not in EA no more. The creator of of that, I forgot the the gentleman's name, but the creator of Death Space, he started his own studio. You know, so he doesn't work at um, EA no more. It's actually they don't, they're not they're not around no more. So I'm very curious if this rumor is true. Um, so far, there's, there's sources left and right that are really strongly saying, "Oh yeah, it's happening." You know, but of course, the rumors take it with a grain of salt. And stuff, um, and me, it's like I want this to happen, but at the same time, it's a little weird because you know the, the, the original creator team is not there. So if they remake it, is it gonna just be a port over? You know, uh, I mean, it, it says remake, but is it gonna be a port over where you know they just all right, they they take the original visual style stuff like that, bump it up to 4K, 60 frames, on the, you know, on the current gen consoles and call it a day. Or when I hear the word remake, remake is like it's being built from the ground up. You know, something like Resident Evil 2 remake, where it's not uh, fixed camera angles anymore. It's over-the-shoulder, third-person perspective, you know. And I am very curious, are they going to go that route, so to speak, with, this new Death Space. Are they going to implement some, you know, ray tracing, for example? And I think it'll be really dope. And that game, HDR-wise, and also ray tracing, Death Space will really benefit from that. It will be a, it's already a gorgeous game, but man, bump that up to 4K, 60 frames, add ray tracing in there. Oof, a gorgeous, gorgeous title. I think it will be. So, yeah, that's a rumor. I'm like half and half. I think it could happen, you know. But EA likes to be EA, and that's that's a dream that I want. <laughs> um, so, going now, moving on to this list of EA's good history, and these are games that most of them I would love to see happen again. I would love for EA to revisit some of these IPs. They have a lot of good IPs under their belt that they're not using. Some of them I understand that they're no longer have, which I would get to the games in a, in a few seconds but yeah it, it's really it's really uh strange really strange especially with um the need for speed series i mean this is not on the list but one thing i think about too is, is need for speed underground that was massively popular fans are out crying crying out for that but they refuse to give us a remaster of that you know people will be satisfied including myself i'll be satisfied with just a remastered you know, brush up the graphics a little bit, bump that up to 4K, and, you know, pour it onto consoles. But, yeah, for whatever reason, they don't want to do it. Instead, they, you know, which I, I do, I will give them this credit. They they made Need for Speed Heat, which you know, a lot of fans, a lot of uh, critics have said um, it has a similar feel to Need for Speed Underground, you know, 1 and 2. But, of course, it's not, a, you know, but but it's 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 similar, which is good. And also, if you have Game Pass, you could try that out completely for free. Well, part of your subscription, of course. All right. So now, on with the list. The games that we most likely would never see again happen. But, you know, if, if EA changes or changes leadership, hopefully we could see these games resurrect, so to speak. Or, that's my wishful thinking. Man, I really miss some of a lot of these titles. So the first game that, first title, or IP, rather, that we're going to talk about today is... The Fight Night franchise, the Fight Night. So we haven't gotten a new boxing game from EA in a long time. It's been uh, a few years. The most recent one uh, that released back on the 360 was Fight Night Champions. That one is really good, especially the story mode. Oh my goodness! It's like if you watch Creed, you definitely want to play this game. Very outstanding. Um, was it the the start? Actually, the the first game in the Fight Night franchise wasn't really called Fight Night. It was called Knockout Kings. Knockout Kings came out for the PlayStation 1 back in 2000. And then, uh, a year later, it released on the PlayStation 2. And then, Fight Night, which is awesome. Which is awesome. And, um, yeah, PlayStation 2 of Knockout Kings came out in 2001, I mean. And, and later, Fight Night. 
ended up happening. And yeah, we have Fight Night 1, 2, 3, or actually, Fight Night, I think it just jumped straight to Fight Night 2. I think, yeah, Knockout Kings was the first Fight Night, and then they just said Fight Night 2, and then Fight Night 3, Fight Night 4, and then Champions. And it's it's been a long time since we had a new addition to this franchise. Uh, recently, this is EA. It was announced. I do believe it's done. It's being done by an indie developer, uh, but they it's called Esports Boxing Club, and that one looks amazing. That one has over like 200 boxers, and I do believe for the first time, uh, to my memory, I do believe it's featuring also a female league, which is awesome. Which is awesome. And and me and my dad were we're, we're big fans of boxing, so when we saw that, we're like, oh snap, okay. Oh, well, EA is not gonna do something with their franchise. Well. The fans will, <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited about that, and and this and um yeah and this in this game though the Fight Night it was developed and published by EA, but whatever reason they stopped, and instead they move over to UFC, and the thing with that too is that I do understand this. I remember did uh, looking up that the reason why they stopped, according to what I read. I'm not, I'm, it makes sense. I'm not sure if it's entirely accurate, but the reason why they stopped with Fight Night games is because UFC games were cheaper to produce and make uh, in terms of licensing. You know, some of the big names in history that they have to uh, license, you know, like Muhammad Ali and um, Mike Tyson, uh, etc. Even though Mike Tyson appeared, they, they made... They first made him as DLC, I do believe, or he featured in UFC 2. But yeah, I haven't played a UFC game in years, so I don't know if he's in Part 3, I don't know if he's in Part 4, etc. But the reason why they stopped the franchise was so that they could, you know, UFC was cheaper to make and stuff. So I don't know how it's higher. I remember reading that somewhere, but, you know, that's that's the reason why. Uh, but again, looking forward to that eSports fight club, uh, boxing club, excuse me. All right, so moving on to the next game. The next game that an IP that I dearly love that EA actually developed and published, and I know this has some explaining to do here, is the Medal of Honor series, the Medal of Honor. So I know that back in 2007, Medal of Honor, the first one, the, the remake, uh, came on 360 PS3. I do believe in 2007. To be honest, I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but yeah, but it was developed... On that, and then that game did well. It wasn't the best. It was not the best uh, Medal of Honor. And then years later, they made Medal of Honor Warfighter, Advanced Warfighter, uh, which I do believe came out in 2011, 2012. And that one, I remember, that's what nailed, hit the nail on on, on the coffin uh, to the Medal of Honor franchise in terms of the modern Medal of Honor, and um, well by EA, and. I remember when that game launched, there was over 300, there was a page of just bugs and glitches they had to do. They had to do a day one patch. Um, that's when EA, they started to release unfinished games. I'll say that was sort of like the beginning. So, Medal of Honor, um, Advanced Warfighter had like over 300 bugs that needed fixing. And, you know, it wasn't received well. The game was short. The campaign was short. Uh, the multiplayer was, you know, all right. And... Uh, me, I personally love the campaign. The campaign was awesome. It, it really, what I loved about the campaign, to me it was good. It was action-packed. Um, I, I loved that they moved Frostbite, I think, too, um, to Medal of Honor. And it was just, to me, it was just on an epic scale. And what I liked about the story, personally, is like, they showed what veterans, war veterans, actually go through when they leave to serve our country. How they have a wife and stuff, and the wife, you know, the husband or you know, the soldiers on the deployment, they're serving. There, there was a lot of cases, I mean, still even today, where unfortunately their spouse would leave because their their husband um, and or, you know, wife, you know, there's, there's, you know obviously <laughs> wives serves in the military, um, they, they would go and serve and, and they would feel lonely and stuff and they're taking, the care, taking care of the kids, I mean, and they're unhappy. So I like how this story on Medal of Honor, Advanced Warfighter, um, they really showed that. And But other than that, it was really cool. It was really fun to play. I loved it, especially on PC. Oh my goodness, it still holds up very well today. Um, but then also one of my favorite adult Medal of Honor games back on the PlayStation 1 is Medal of Honor Underground. And that came out in June 11th, 2000. And then also, 
I think what really, what really made the Medal of Honor franchise really like accelerate was Medal of Honor Frontlines, which came out on November seventh, two thousand and two, for the original Xbox, PlayStation Two, and GameCube. And that game was like the Call of Duty of that generation. Like Frontlines, especially the first mission. Oh my goodness, it, it was it was amazing. Um, and that game, it was you know the shooting was was fun. Graphically, it, it really it pushed barriers back in this time, and it was well received. And that's when Medal of Honor was on on top. You know, it, they were really really on top. And as years passed by, you know, they started to lose that. I think one well now actually we do have a new Medal of Honor. I forgot to mention what what that's a an Oculus exclusive. It's an Oculus VR headset which is called uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. And I wish they made that game, you know, on, on consoles like Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, and, and PS5. I would love to see that on current gen. But right now, it's a VR exclusive, and it looks like a fun VR game. You know, if somebody throws a grenade, you could catch it midair and throw it back. It, it, it looks, and also they have a nice, awesome documentary of what World War II veterans actually went through, and you know, when they served our country and stuff. And um, it was, it was really good. It was, it's, a, it's a good, well received VR game, but. I guess the issue is that it's strictly VR. <laughs> you know, if you could call it, that's my opinion. You know, if you like VR games and, you know, want more exclusives to VR, hey, hey that's, that's that's awesome. You know, Medal of Honor, Above and Beyond, outstanding. Um, but I really wish that, you know, it came to platforms and, and they, they made it uh, sort of, I would like for them to do, sort of speak, what they did with this game called uh, The Persistence. It was originally a, a VR game only. It was a VR title on Steam and also PlayStation VR. Um, that game... Sold a lot on, on VR, um, and then also the team though, they decided to spend a year or two making converting the game into a first-person horror experience out of VR. So a 2D, or a, you know, or a, I don't know, say 3D, I guess a 3D. I mean, um, you know, first-person horror uh, game, and uh, so which is very cool. You don't really see that a lot. They legit, they literally took a native VR port. It made it into a first-person horror experience, which is cool. So I would like to see a similar experience with Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, where it's a native VR port, but they could, you know, convert it into a first-person shooter, you know, on consoles. Just because a lot of people, and, you know, I read, you know, you go on forums, you read comments all the time, a lot of people are not happy with the Oculus, um, yeah, Facebook Oculus uh, Quest or something. Um, I forgot what it's called, but yeah, where it's exclusive to that, and you know, it's you need Facebook to to play it. It's, it's stupid, but anyway. So yeah, so um, but the last one too. I remember on the 360. Well, not the last one. 2007, Medal of Honor, Airborne, which is one of my top favorites as well. That I love that one for the 360. I still play it today. It's backwards compatible on the Xbox uh, One and Series X. And that's if you want it digitally. It's 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 awesome. It's it's really good. So I missed that series. You know, EA they had something amazing. They had something amazing there and you know, above and beyond, well received it, it's it's cool that they did that, but I would like to see this hit other consoles, you know? Maybe even on the Nintendo Switch. You know, I always love to play shooters on Nintendo Switch. It's it's really awesome. Alright. So the third IP, EA IP on his list. Now this IP was only published by EA. It wasn't developed by them, but it was published. And that would be the 007 series. Uh, 007 Agents on the Fire, which came out March 26, 2002. Um, and then you also have... Um, was it... Uh, oh, uh, 007 Nightfire. Um, 007 uh, Everything or Nothing. Those were amazing 007 games, in my opinion. Those were really, really fun games. Um, I, I do believe, yeah, there was, I feel that like there was one more 007 game on that platform. I mean, I own all of them on the platform. I, I, I'm a big fan of 007. Um, I love it. You know, so EA, those were, and, and, and late, years later, we have, you know, 007, uh, for example, uh, the 007 GoldenEye Reloaded, um, that Activision published, um, and I think developed by Activision as well. Those 007 games didn't do good. Like 007, like I mentioned, Reloaded. GoldenEye Reloaded, uh, 007 Legends, which was poorly received. It was basically, <laughs> I love how people describe it. People literally said it's, 
you're a guy in a tuxedo, you're, you're a Call of Duty soldier, but in a tuxedo. That's how people received it. <laughs> you know, I always laugh at that. And then you also have, which I thought was awesome. I did like Legends too, but I understand the criticism. And another 007 that I really enjoyed, was, which, which was awesome, excuse me, which was published by Activision, was 007 uh, Bloodstone which was its own original story. And that one was really good. I highly recommend that one. But going back to EA, um, Agents of the Fire, <clears throat> yeah, Agents of the Fire, Everything or Nothing, like these 007 games for the original Xbox, they, they were so good. And they had so much replayability. Like every mission that you do in the game, you, there's there's like a regular system, you get a, like a bronze medal, um, silver medal, or a gold medal. And it was really awesome because it, it would... It makes the replayability so much. Because when you get a gold medal for a level, you unlock a special either upgrade, you unlock a special weapon, or etc. And for example, I do believe was it the first mission? I think it was a mission where oh, if you get a gold medal on this mission, you would get a golden gun. If you get a gold medal on this mission, you also get unlimited ammo. Like it was, it just it was just fun. You know, they didn't go oh yeah, you know if you pay four dollars, you know you can unlock this upgrade in game or oh if you buy the season pass you also get the infinite ammo pack you know like literally double seven games were had a high replayability it was fun and you know i miss that ea identity you know they they, they had something good uh now we are getting a new double seven by io interactive which is awesome and they're a great team the creators of the hitman series uh uh, reboot and um you know I, I trust them with this i can't wait to see what they're gonna do with the 007 game i you know they're good i believe in them and i believe you know, it's gonna be awesome but i just wish those games like i just mentioned you know night fire you know the fire etc i would love to have seen a remake you know like those were fun games and i would love to see those i would love to see a native remake so all right so moving forward now with ea's Next IP on this list is Freedom Fighters. Well, Freedom Fighters was was only published back then by EA. And it uh, wasn't developed by them. And it came out on October 1st, 2003. And what I really loved about this game, to me, has a special place in my heart. Uh, actually, it's been re-released by... It was developed... Well, I feel like I'm all over the place. <laughs> Freedom Fighters was developed by IO Interactive. Um, IO Interactive, they re-released it. Um, on they re-released it digitally on PC on September twenty first, twenty twenty of last year, and um, which 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 is awesome. And as a matter of fact, if you buy that version, it also includes two uh, soundtracks, two two tracks that was never featured in the game. But EA they published this one back then on October first, and this one had a special place in my heart because the story was about the Soviet. It was an alternate. And I like games like that. It all it's like it was like a what if game, you know. It's, it was an alternate history game. So they were like, what if the Soviet Union, they sort of speak, won the war, and they evaded New York. They they evaded and they kept, you know, um, I should say, set a base in New York. And you play in this game as a freedom fighter, a freedom fighter, trying to take your country back. And to me, that's awesome. And it reminds me of games like Wolfenstein, for example. Wolfenstein, um, the New Order. It's a, a what if game. What if, what if uh, World War II was lost and the Nazis won and they evaded the United States and they took over the country? You know. Also, and I man, I I would love to see a part three. I know um, this game didn't do well, but Homefront. Homefront was an alternate reality too. Like they say. Um, I mean, not to be scary or anything. I mean, technically it could happen, but <laughs> that game was about what if North Korea evaded the U.S. But like in the year 20, I think it was 2025, I think. Like the near future, in other words. Oh, 2017 was the first home front. And I think home front, the revolution was, yeah, 2027 or something like that. But what if North Korea decided to evade the U.S. and they took over the country, you know? Um, in other words, I like games like that. It's... Very fun. What if? And you know, and it's it's cool. There's there's to me also. There's like a sense of uh, it may sound weird, but I guess a patriotism in it in, in those kind of games. And I love that, you know. So, but but in other words, Freedom Fighters was published by EA, and you know it's released today, which is awesome. And yeah, but in other words, you know, EA 
like I mentioned, they weren't afraid to take risk. And they had such a large IPs, you know, a list of IPs. I'm going to continue on with this list. Uh, but that's what I really miss today. You know, EA, they're so limited. They do have, they did open up their EA originals where any developers could come and, and EA will fund and publish their games and, you know, which, which is a good step in the right direction. Sure. You know, but EA themselves, man, like triple A developers, like they had such a, you know, the, the games that I listed so far, you know, really awesome. Um, and another one here that I'm going to mention that was actually developed and published by EA was Clive Parker's Undying. Now, just in case you don't know who Clive Parker is, Clive Parker is the, and my man wrote a lot too, he's, he's a writer and um, he's the creator of Hellraiser, that nasty uh, wife, what was it, yeah, like a white dude and he has like spikes all over his face or something like that crazy stuff he, he wrote some twisted stuff Clive Parker I, yeah I don't know my, my man he just has a dark mind uh, but EA developed this game back in February 21st 2001 it was released exclusively on the PC and Clive Parker's Undying was a horror first person shooter it takes place in the 1920s you play as some guy that um you go to assist your friend at this estate. There's an occult at his estate. They were into some deep, dark stuff, and all of a sudden, the cult, like, they became, like, monsters, and, like, you know, monsters and demons, you know, were, um, releasing his estate, and, uh, it's, you know, you gotta kill them. You gotta kill the leaders, uh, one by one, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you play as, you know, it's like, this big mansion, I guess, this estate, and it's really fun. It adds a, a mix of first-person shooters, like, you know, assault shotguns, pistols, etc., then also you have powers as well, you know? But, yeah, this game was really heavily overlooked. It wasn't a bad game. It was a good game, but it was one of those games where it didn't get enough attention, you know? But it was published and developed by EA, and I'm um, surprised they never remade it. I'm surprised they never remade it. I mean, that's 2001. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it was like 20 years ago. That's crazy. But, you know, that's... I'm sure a lot of you listening has never heard of this game before in your life. <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's like... But again, it's... I don't know if it, it sold well or not. It was a good game. It was well-received. But, yeah, it just got lost in their catalog. You know, their IPs. You know? And uh, moving on to the next game, which also was developed and published by EA, which was Lord of the Rings. So, we do, I believe, we, we do, uh, well, Shadow of Mordor, we do have that, which, you know, it's a spinoff, it doesn't take the perspective, uh, Frodo and stuff in his ventures, but, you know, it's it's like, um, while Lord of the Rings was happening, this was happening, well, I think the first one actually happened before the movies, actually, um, but, yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which released in December 30th, 2002. And then Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, November 5th of 2003. It's crazy how they made uh, the second game like a year later. Or, or I say, like less than a year. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, those games were outstanding. Outstanding action-adventure games. Those games were based on the movie. But this is also, and I, I do plan to do a, a future episode on this, a little sneak peek, is that, you know, there were... People think about, oh man, games based on the movie, psh, all of them suck. No, th these were games that were outstanding, outstanding games, but they were based on the movies. And like it goes like right up there with Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine. That was like one of the best superhero and, and like, again, games that's based on the movie of X-Men Origins. Um, but going, you know, keeping it to Lord of the Rings here, these games were amazing. Cool special moves. Characters you unlock, story-wise, the level design was awesome. Um, enemies you fight, there was literally uh, levels where, uh, especially I love like the two towers. Um, and I think in Return of the King as well, like you're in a castle and and you saw these orcs, like they have these large towers and they they're, they're trying to get over the wall and you have to like just slash and hack all these orcs. It, it was really awesome, you know, it was really awesome. Uh, but these games were published and developed by uh, EA and. You know, the give up on it. I, I think also the the latest one that was published by EA, if I'm not mistaken, was Lord of the Rings Conquest, which was an online multiplayer game. And that was basically Star Wars Battlefront for, like, the original Xbox. It's an open battlefield, but it's, you know, you don't have guns. You just have, well, you have crossbows, but it's, you know, medieval. You just, so much enemies on screen, you just 
screen, you hack and slash. You could play a single player, actually. There was a single player campaign as well, but I guess it played similar to the the multiplayer. And it, it was really good. And it was developed and published by EA. Now, the next IP on this list, which, to be honest, I, I this is where I really hope that I'm wrong. I really, really, really hope that I'm wrong. But the Def Jam series, the Def Jam Fight for, uh, or Def Jam Vendetta, which released on April 1st, 2003, and the Dev Jam Fight for New York, which was, oh my goodness, the best fighting game, nearly the best fighting game ever made, in my opinion. Uh, September 21st, uh, 2004, this game came out. Man, that game is all, you get to create your own dude, you could choose, like, even his voice, you could choose, like, you know, me, my background a little bit, um, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, you know, uh, for like 20 years. I lived in, in the Bronx all my life, and, you know, I was around with, like, you know, I lived in the hood, you know, and, you know, I used to talk street and stuff, and, you know, this game, it was really funny because um, you get to choose your 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 voices of the characters, and there's like th- five different voices you could choose from. You could choose, like, you want to have a street accent, you could choose if you want, like, a tough accent, like a grift accent, you could choose to have a smooth accent, so, like, street be like, come on, man, let's bounce, you know, and, like, griff, they, they would be like, come on, man, let's bounce, you know, and uh, smooth would be like, come on, man, let's bounce, like, you know, like, you get to choose different accents, so to speak, for your character, and it's awesome, it's, it was really awesome, and even the voice acting in that game, you look at the cutscenes, hold up so well today, and, and were amazing, and the story is also good, and it was just amazing, and, and Step Jam Fight for New York, because in Vendetta, your guy didn't talk, he just nodded, and, you know, was angry, you know, <laughs> but he never spoke really. Uh, but Vengeance Fight for New York, though, you know, you get to, to see all these hip hop artists, you know, like Red Man was in there, Method Man, um, Snoop Dogg, he was the main villain, uh, Fat Joe, you know, Buster Rhymes, all, all stuff, and you fight Sean Paul in there. It's crazy, like, it, it was crazy not only to see these iconic hip hop artists in there, uh, but they also had, like, their unique martial arts style. I remember, um, what was it, Flavor Fave? Flavor, Flavor, Flavor um, Flavor Flav? Yeah, I think that dude's name. I think his, yeah, like a, a martial arts style. Um, so I think maybe the Mantis or something. Um, Sean Paul, he, he did Lapora. Uh, Fat Joe, he had a wrestling style. It was really good. It was just, you know, the, the, the atmosphere of the game, the fighting styles, the moves you could do, the crazy finishers that, and I think that's what really sold me on the game was the crazy finisher, the finishers. You could kick like literally some dude like, 10 feet in the air, and then, like, jump up and slam it down on his head, and some crazy stuff, you know, uh, but, you, but, you know, I'm sure you listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but this is an IP that, you know, there's even a petition out on it right now, there's a petition online on change.org that, uh, somebody put a petition to, for EA and the developers of this to either do a remake of this game and or make a new one. Because it's been years since we had one. Now, there was a third Def Jam fighting game, which was called Def Jam Icon, that released on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Unfortunately, I do believe that was like 2007-ish, around there. Um, or 2006, I think late 2006. Man, I have looked that up. But that one sort of really derailed the series. That was actually the last Dev Jam fighting game that we've seen. Uh, it featured less fighters than Fight for New York. The fighting implemented some weird controls where, you know, the game was about, oh yeah, uh, music is what, you know, your music is what makes you, um, it sort of reinforces you. It enhances your your fighting and enhances your health and stuff like that when you have your music track. So you, you're always fighting with music, which is good. The soundtrack was amazing. Uh, like the game was in there, uh, E40 was in there. So it's funny. Like you're fighting, you're like, tell me where to go, tell me where to go. You know, it's funny. Uh, but in other words, it implemented some weird DJ controls where you would press and hold the left trigger and you would use the right thumbstick as a fader. And so when you're in the middle of fighting, your enemy's music is on. You could sort of you would try to knock down your opponent and try to quickly scratch and was it turn on your song so that way you have the advantage in the fight um and then the opponent he could sort of stop that and it, w- it was it was weird it was unique to me i liked what they did i honestly i, I liked it but i wholeheartedly 
preferred the FGM Fight for New York. Like Fight for New York was it set a standard. Even in fighting games today, it was so much fun. It, it was it was amazing. And literally, Def Jam Icon, they really scrapped a lot of fighting mechanics that Fight Night, uh, excuse me, Fight Night, you know what I mean? <laughs> Def Jam Fight for New York had and really set a standard on. So, but EA, ever since, uh, the, you know, Def Jam Icon it was not a success. Uh, I do believe it sold, um, was underwhelmed and it was not received well by long-term fans and EA, they never touched the project again. They did release a Dev Jam game after Icon, but it wasn't a fighting game. It was a karaoke game, pretty much. It was called Dev Jam Rap Star. And in that game, you get to, well, rap. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole bunch of soundtracks in there um, that you, you, know, you get to rap to. It was cool. It was like a karaoke. You see like the, the lyrics or whatever. You could rap along or sing along. Um, you could also, they implement an online feature where you get to rap battle using, I think it was like devjam.net or something. Um, you get to rap battle with people across the world, you know, especially if you had a, um, Xbox live vision camera and stuff, you get to, you know, show your face. And it was, it was not, that, that's what literally the series was dead. And they have not came out with another Dev Jam game since. And that's really disappointing. You know, really disappointing. I believe, you know, I, I, I doubt we will ever see a remaster or remake just because there's so many um, licensing stuff that they have to do to bring back, you know, Dev Jam 5 for New York. You know, um, I'm not even sure how they would, um, you know, get to renew the license for DMX, for example, you know. Well, God rest his soul, you know. God bless him and his family. But, <clears throat> um there's so many IPs that they would have to, you know, renew. But I do believe they could make a new one. I remember looking online that somebody put Dev Jam Massacre, you know, uh, a fan-made thing. And you see Machine Gun Kelly. You see Eminem. Um, you see, like, all these hip-hop, hip-hop artists today. Even Jay-Z was in the game. Or on the cover, rather. And that will be, a, you know, a dope idea, you know, of Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. <laughs> you know, and, like, let's say they're the two bosses in the game. Like, it, it would be really cool. They could do it today, but EA, they're... Yeah, they won't, for whatever reason. So, anyway, yeah, I know I spoke a lot about that. That's that's literally, Dev Jam 5 for New York is my favorite game. One of my favorite games of, of all time. Hands down. I love that game so much. And it's hard to find a copy today. It really is. And if you do find a copy... Whatever reason, the GameCube version is like over $100 now. PlayStation 2 version is like, I think the cheapest I found it was $70. Um, and that's like just a disc, you know, on eBay. And I have the original Xbox version. Oh, thank goodness. Thank God, you know. Um, but yeah, so. Anyway, moving on to the next title. <laughs> is GoldenEye Rogue Agent, which released back in November 22-2004, and this game was a spin-off series to the 007 series. Um, you played as this agent that he was, um, how should I say, he was trying out for MI6. So beginning game, you sort of see like 007 die, and um, he, you know, you're supposed to save him, um, but the agent, in other words, the agent failed. And instead, he was contacted by an evil organization, and he becomes... You know, he ends up joining that evil organization, and he has golden eyes. <laughs> uh, and then you also have powers, though. You have uh, your golden eye. You, you, this evil, evil organization, excuse me, has asserted like technology into you. So you play as a super soldier. I do believe you can slow down time. There's other stuff. You do old guns. Very fun. Very fun. Uh, it was a fun idea as well. It was well supported, I do believe. Um, but they never really made a spin-off series like that again in the 007 universe. You know, but th- that game was was really good. It was very fun. And again, EA, they uh, this game was published and developed by EA. And they just didn't do anything with it. This was the only game and the only spin-off, rather. And I think just the, the 007 franchise, that it was given to Activision. And Activision, you, you know what happened with that. And now IO Interactive has the IP, so... Very interesting. Alright, and the next game on this list that was that is only published by EA that IO Interactive Wait, is it IO Interactive? I'm not sure. Oh no, I think it's TH there you go. It's it's THQ Nordic. They recently confirmed that they're remastering the trilogy, which is amazing. They did not give a date, a release date for it or anything, but it's coming. Um and that will be the time splitters. 
series, Time Splitter series, was published by EA. Um, Time Splitters uh, Future per- Future Perfect, excuse me, which was my favorite, released back in March twenty first, two thousand five. And uh, it's, it's, it was a really cool concept. It's, it's a first-person shooter, like I mentioned. But what's cool is that you play as this time agent. And this time agent, what he would do is that there, there's like this this evil, uh, sort of speak. And um, you would they, – they, there was these creatures that they hide throughout history. And you have to go back into history. So, for example, I think part two as well. Like you go to Egypt, for example. Um, you could go to – um, was it the 1960s in New York? You know, you you go to different periods of time, and you're you're hunting down these mutants that are hiding throughout history. And um, it's 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 an amazing game, amazing game, highly well received in fans. Actually, you could sort of play, um, in Homefront: The Revolution. There is this arcade machine in the game uh, that you will have to look for, and you can actually play the the two levels. From Time Splitters 2, and it's really cool because they actually it's a remastered version. Time Splitters in the game is it's a remake uh, in 4K, 60 frames per second, and man, it plays beautifully. You know, especially if you got a Series X and you got the FPS boost. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that game is it's 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 a Easter egg in the game, and actually there is a cheat code where you can unlock the full game on Homefront, um, the Revolution. So that that's really cool. Uh, but Time Splitters 2, but yeah, and Time Splitters Future Perfect, uh, I love that game, um, it's, I love the weapons in there, the weapons were very, you know, it's cool, because, you, you know, you're from the future, so you get to play with futuristic weaponry as well, but also you get, you know, you're going back in time, so you get to play with these, you know, old weapons from, like, World War II, um, like I mentioned, from the 1960s, weapons from, you know, um, in the past, even like you know, beyond that, and it's it's really awesome. That game was very creative. Um, the the first three was again, like I mentioned, only published by EA, but now THQ or Nordic they own the IP, and it's cool. We're gonna see a remastered trilogy, and I do believe they announced years ago that they even plan to make a new installment for the series. So I'm really happy about that, and you know, I wanted to mention this because even though we have a new hope, you know, um, uh, of a new game and also just you know a reboot in the franchise it, it was a game that i wanted to bring up because this was an awesome eaip you know so yeah i had to definitely tell that one now the last game on this list i know i spoke about a lot of ips here and there's so much more so much more that i could talk about so much again all this is my this is my personal um you know list where I love EA. I missed all these games here. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I still own the majority of these games. Yeah, actually, I do. So I could go back and play them. But, you know, I would love to see these games, in other words, be either remastered or just completely remade or just a new additions in this current time, you know, in 2021. And EA, this is just IPs that a lot of it you know, was sold off and or, you know, they don't have the rights to. But a lot of IPs that they do have in cap, um, back catalog, but they just don't want to do anything with it anymore and that's what that's what that's the that's the reason why i'm making this list you know so the last game on this list that i really miss drum roll please no i'm just kidding okay so <laughs> so the last game on this list okay crawl stop it now. all right crawl stop it the last game on this list is marvel rise of the imperfects now this is a fighting game. This is a 3D fighting game, so it's not like one person, one fighter's on the left side and one on the right. Um, it's it's a it's a 3D. You get to move around the arena stuff. Fighting game, and it's amazing. It's based on the comics, um, and it's about there is this uh, the Imperfects they're called. It's sort of um, these superhuman beings, uh, but they each have flaws. You know, so for example, there's this guy, I forgot the guy's name, but there's, there's a, um, how should I say, a super soldier, so to speak, he has robotic arms, he could shoot stuff out of his arms, but the thing is, he could overheat, um, very easily. Um, there's this other guy that he could shoot electricity, he has, um, you know, he could manipulate electricity. Um, uh, the thing is, though, he has a whole bunch of, um, I call it like mocap technology on his skin and stuff. He could, um, you know, those could break, those could, you know, 
um, malfunction, etc. You know, and, and and so on. And it's about they also have like these drone technology. They invade New York, and these imperfect drones, they actually killed off some of the heroes. Like for example, you see in the opening cutscene, they killed the Hulk, which I'm like, oh, how do you, how did that happen, right? Uh, but they killed the Hulk. Uh, the, the Captain America, I believe, gets killed. The Punisher also gets killed. It's crazy, you know? Uh, and some of the heroes in the game, though, Marvel superheroes, like, for example, the Thing from the Fantastic Four is in there. Wolverine is in there. Um, Spider-Man is in there, which he plays amazing. Uh, the Venom plays in there. You know, so it's cool that you see, like, oh, Magneto's in there as well. A really awesome cast of, of Marvel characters. And what is really cool is, like, they have to, like, the Marvel heroes and Marvel villains, they have to team up to fight this new threat that's literally making the superheroes instinct now, you know? And it also has an adventure mode, which is really cool. There are these levels where um, you play, I think, over the, the shoulder, third-person perspective, or, um, you know, and, and it's like acts like an adventure game, and then, you know, you will fight bosses in there where it will go into the, the, the fighting um, stages as, as well. And it, it was a really outstanding game. It was a really outstanding game, a game that really pushed the original Xbox and PlayStation 2 to its limits. And, again, this was developed and published by EA, and it sold well. It did really good. The game had glitches. The game had a lot of glitches. I remember I fought this one uh, imperfect character. I think um, it was like, all right, ready, fight. And I think I hit her once, and I said, all right, match one. I'm like, what? Like, literally, I think she went through the map, and I ended up winning. So, I mean, I didn't complain because, you know, she was hard. Like, she was really difficult. Uh, or that level was difficult, rather, because you have to play through a level, and then you fight her at the end. But it's... Really awesome. It was, it was to me. It was unique. It was. I mean, the graphics. If you were to look up videos on that man, the graphics still hold up extremely well today. And especially Wolverine, he's my favorite character. And you know, he's like he's jacked. You know, and it, it was just so cool to really see him. The costumes in there, and it was it was really awesome. It was really awesome. And EA, and I, this is something that I unfortunately I didn't do deep enough research on. But I remember years ago looking up, um, there was going to be a Marvel, this game sold well, like I mentioned. They were going to make a part two. They were going to make a sequel. It was actually in development. As a matter of fact, I believe you go on YouTube, you could look up lost footage of the sequel where um, you see like the menu, how the, the main menu was going to be for the sequel. But for whatever reason, EA decided to pull the plug on the project, and that's it. It was lost. It did not happen anymore. They stopped production on it for whatever reason. I do not know, but that saddens me because this was an amazing EA title. This was an amazing fighting game, and I, you know, I'd love to see it. I would love to see a remake today. I would even love to see it, um, like show up on if Microsoft ever decides to reach out to EA. I'm pretty sure they probably lost the the the, the licensing to it, EA um, in terms of like. Because back in the early 2000s, a lot of like original Xbox, PS2, GameCube games, a lot of those games, the 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 everything was done by paper in terms of licensing, in terms of um yeah licensing the, the IP and stuff was done on paper. Now everything is done digital. So literally, a lot of developers they they or studios I should say they moved to another building and or just time moved on and and stuff they didn't transition correctly and they've lost literally the ip and and they lost the they lost uh the licensing in other words to a lot of these games and that they couldn't be able they're not able to bring it forward you know yeah so you don't yeah and and they, they lose a lot of the ip the paperwork and um there's a certain word i feel like i'm forgetting about that uh but in other words that this is a game unfor I could be wrong, I'm hope I'm wrong, but I do believe we won't see this game to be able to be on Microsoft's backwards compatibility list in terms of original Xbox. Um I do believe this game it's it's one of those franchises or IP that the paperwork is just lost, you know, so unfortunately. But these were my list of my list of best EA IPs that EA, once upon a time, they were good. They made all these games, or, you know, published, and also developed and published. And, you know, a lot of these 
you know, and, and, and it's, it's a sad story to me. It's a sad story, but you know, the, the EA play coming up and, and, and the rumor of that space trilogy being completely remade. It just got me thinking, man, like I would love to see one, at least one of these games to get announced, you know, especially the Death Space one. To me, that 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 would be enough to make me happy. But these are other IPs that I wish still existed today and, and EA still worked on. But these are games that are long forgotten by EA and most likely we'll never see again. And that makes me sad. And, I, and I, like I mentioned, like going back to the 007, uh, Freedom Fighters, Time Splitters, those are owned by other companies and like IO Interactive with Freedom Fighters and, and THQ Nordic, Time Splitters stuff. Those are handled by other companies. So the, the, those franchises are not dead, which is awesome. Those are owned just by other companies. So that is a happy thing. But a lot of these IPs, it's the, oh, Lord of the Rings, like I mentioned, like Shadow Mordor. Not sure if we'll ever see another one, but and plus WB games there. Uh, I mean, I know some of their studios are being sold off. So, yeah, I mean, because WB, you know, Shadow Mordor, uh, Shadow of War was, was great just when they implemented that work thing, which they took it down. And, you know, WB, they add microtransactions, etc. But anyway, but a lot of these games, though, like Medal of Honor, um, oh, what's, which is on VR, but, um, you know, a little brief history here, EA, they were actually into developing and also publishing just creative ideas, not games that just, oh, wait, we can monetize that. Oh yeah. Let's add a whole bunch of loot boxes. Oh yeah. Let's add, you know, so yeah, this is what EA used to be. And I doubt any of these games I mentioned would ever appear on their show, but one could dream, right? So, yeah, there you go. So, that will conclude my uh, this episode of True Way Gaming. I thank you so very much for uh, for tuning in, for listening to, to my IP wants from EA, you know. Um, just thank you so very much, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so, if you have any questions that, um, you know, EA... Oh, my goodness, not EA. I can't even talk. If you have any questions that you want to appear or topics that you want us to discuss here on the show, you could send an email at twgpquestions at gmail.com, write the question at the subject bar or topic, and please leave your name so I can properly address you here on the show. And hopefully the next episode you'll be featured. And I just want to say thank you so very much again for your time and listening to me. God bless you. I love you guys. Audience, thank you. Thank you so very much, audience. Love you so much. Um, yeah. So, God bless you guys. I love you. Jesus loves you. My name is One Way Soldier, and this is the end of my transmission. Outro. <laughs>